everyone, and welcome to episode 75 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. We are 25 episodes away from 100, and maybe it's time to start thinking about a celebration. What do you think? Do um, yeah. Right, we got to figure in the streets. Out. Yeah, that could in be the streets, it. Maybe. Call in all our, our vast array of famous people that we know. Yep, the vast <laughs> array of famous people. Have them come in, yep. uh, do, do a play session with fans. You know, the, the possibilities are endless here. Yep. A best of clips moment of all the like, yeah. previous podcasts yeah it's a lot of work for yeah me. it is <laughs> that's it's a hundred a hundred plus episodes i gotta go through but yep. those who have been listening know our best moments so i'll just they can keep them i think for the most <laughs> part we want to thank you guys for listening and if it's your first time here we talk about video game and movie news as well as what we played or watched during the week my name is barry along with my co-host still craig still here 75 episodes later Yep, set and who knows? Might change by episode 100. Maybe or I will I change it at 100. We'll see. Or maybe I'll change it. I guess there we we'll go. See. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and start with the news, which is kind of like all over the place this week, if, if, if I say so myself. This is kind of a strange news week because we've got a lot. We have a lot of like big news, I think, but it's kind of all over the place. And I'll start off with the scalpers raising the price of the OG PS5s due to the fact that Sony is changing the heat sink and putting in uh, like cheaper parts, apparently, in order to be able to like meet demand for customers, which isn't really happening right now. You still can't get your hand on any of these things. Yeah. But uh, scalpers who have this these systems already are like raising their prices again because they heard this stuff and it's like, oh, if I have an OG PS5, uh, like it has more expensive parts, so you're gonna want to buy this one instead of the new ones. So. Does that mean we should uh, be selling ours then? Is that yeah. moral of the story? You know, maybe <laughs> I I have a hard time trying to convince myself that yeah, I should sell my PS5, considering yeah. that I, you know, I haven't even seen one for a while now. Uh, for for people to buy or anything like that, so it's so. Uh, it's kind of like this big like drought before what Sony said is it'll be we'll have some in time for the holiday season. But if if I can't see them now, then there's going to be this drought. And then hopefully in November or December, we actually start to see some of these things out in the wild. You would hope that by Christmas time, you people will actually be able to get them for, you know, their kids or, you know, whoever. But. I, I just don't see it happening again. I think it's going to be another holiday where they're going to be extremely hard to come by. Yeah. And the, they've come out and said that, like, you know, hey, these shortages for these consoles are going to last till 2022. Yeah. Um. So we're, you know, I feel bad for everybody who's trying to get them. I feel bad for every kid that, you know, their parents told them, oh, we're going to try to get you one next year. Like they yep. should be in stock next year. And we're about on next year now. <laughs> and yeah. It's kind of amazing how fast it came up and it's like, crap, I need to find a way to get a PS5 for my kid this holiday season. Yeah, so. and you're still not going to be able to. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, if we want to stay on the PlayStation news train here, um, Sony's no longer offering free upgrades for next gen. If you have the previous version, like previous gen, um, how do you feel about this? Because <laughs> so I'm not exactly it, happy. It, it's weird because... Yeah. They did come out in that statement and say that it's not going to be free in the future, but it's right. just going to be ten dollars, which I'm mm -hmm. all right with. Ten dollars isn't a lot to ask for. At least I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But all of this started between like Sony's uh, like weird like marketing with the new Horizon uh, Forbidden West game. Yeah, where... the 70,000 versions. 
yeah, like there's yep. five different versions. And the reason we're talking about this is because when it first came out, Sony like mentioned at first that there was going to be no upgrade. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, uh, for Horizon, only if you got like the $250 version or the $200 version, which came with dual entitlement, both the PS4 and PS5 versions. Yep. But due to all the outrage for that, Sony went ahead and said, okay, you know, Horizon will be free. Like, we'll do the upgrade for free. But after that, it's going to be $10 afterward. Yeah. I think it's good that at least Sony, like, put this in the sand because I, I, like, I'm not really frustrated about this as much as I was frustrated about the Ghost Tsushima director's cut where it wasn't $10 to upgrade. It was like 20 or 40 bucks yeah. to upgrade, even if you already had the game. So $10, like, I feel bad for anybody that wanted to get Ghost Tsushima. And if they got it, they kind of got screwed because they had to pay them more than double yeah. than what other people are paying for. Um, I don't know. The whole situation is kind of weird. But on Sony's end, I'm just glad that there is a, a line in the sand, if you will, for what the future is going to be like and what they're going to do. Because, you know, at first it was really weird what Sony was doing. But now at least we have a clear understanding. Yeah, and then you have Microsoft on the other side who, at least for the time being, is seeming like all their first-party stuff will be free upgrade if you have the previous-gen version, for the most part. Um, I mean, in an ideal world, you shouldn't have to pay, but I do. I understand the $10. I just don't I don't like more than $10. I don't think it's fair to charge more than $10 just for... Uh, I mean, it's mostly going to be, what, faster load times? Um a little bit smoother gameplay for sure. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like anything above 10 from any company is a little unfair. Yeah, I guess from my point of view, it more depends on what the developer like says is the difference between the two. Like uh, I, I know for a fact that horizon on the PS five version is using like a completely different camera rig system, which apparently is very expensive. So $10 there, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, if if the developer goes ahead and says that, you know, this is kind of a completely different experience, I could see where they would want to charge more, but they end up not because of, you know, Sony saying this. Yeah. So, yeah, that, well, that would be fair if it is a completely different. Well, not completely, but a pretty big difference in, you know, like a PS4 and PS5 version. Then I understand that. Yeah. And it's it's strange with how different the powers are between like the PS4 and the PS5. Like it's hard to imagine your ps4 pro like is a lot weaker than the ps5 but that's just the way it is apparently you know the processing and everything that the ps5 can do is a lot faster yeah agreed you know if that's always going to be the benefit of the new the new console stuff uh next on my list is going to be uh also about sony we're gonna have a showcase that is coming up thursday uh the 9th i will make sure to have this podcast out (laughs) <laughs> so it's going to be Thursday and I believe it is at 4 p.m. OK, uh, for the showcase. Uh, there are leaks saying God of War Ragnarok is going to be shown off. Uh, and Sony already said that this conference is going to like show all the games that they have planned and a lot of what's like to come as well. Okay. So I'm excited for what Sony's going to do, and I will try my best to even have a little thing with uh with other members of the podcast here in order to like get something out so you can get our impressions on it. Yeah. But uh, me personally, I'm excited for the Sony showcase. I hope they show off of just 
just more original stuff or you know hopefully this also goes okay here's the public update for everyone to have like m.2s in their ps5s that would so, be cool that's, so that's since, what they need to do since the podcast will be coming out the day that this goes up give me your picks and i'll give you mine what's going to be there let's uh predict the future here a little bit besides in god that, of war because we already know that one yeah it's it's actually like really hard uh for me to for me to think about it i think they're going to do i think they're going to show a little bit of kenna bridge of spirits uh i wouldn't be surprised there because that game still doesn't come out until like september 22nd i believe or 23rd other like the like the thing is is what other first party studios sony has that isn't working like on stuff or hasn't released stuff lately yeah like maybe uh a spider-man 2 you know that's yeah. that's kind of a stretch there but i i'm gonna i'm gonna say yeah okay. i think we get at least a, a trailer for the the sequel to to the first spider-man yeah this is a hard one i mean obviously god of war is the pick but um maybe we get a title of whatever naughty dog's working on next Maybe. Oh, I, I guess yeah, because yeah. Naughty Dog is the one one of the developers that really hasn't released like a major game yet. Yeah, with a PS5. May, I mean, if it's anything, I'm going to say it's a title, um, like yeah. a quick CGI trailer. I think uh, another look at Gran Turismo, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Gran Turismo. I'm, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to rack my brain of what they had lined up, and I can't remember other than Gran Turismo and God of War what they've shown that they haven't already shown. Um, but for sure, I think Naughty Dog is going to have to have something there just to let people know, like, hey, we are working on something. Yeah, I think we see uh, another Call of Duty. I think we see a little bit of the yeah. more gameplay for the Call of Duty coming out because the PS5 owners, I think, were able to get the beta beforehand. So I think that kind of contract thing is going yeah. to continue with PlayStation. Yeah, and as of this recording, because we're recording on Tuesday, they had a multiplayer reveal for Call of Duty today. I watched mm-hmm. a little bit of and then the beta is actually this weekend for PlayStation players. So you can play that. Um, so, yeah, maybe we see the campaign. Maybe I yeah. can see that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There's so much up in the air as far as what they got. But as long as I can see some God of War, I'll be happy. Yeah, they own so many like uh, game studios now that I'm like trying to think about, OK, yeah. what ha- what is this studio hasn't, you know, put out yet? But. Yeah, I really can't think of anything at the moment. <laughs> um, speaking of games coming out as of today, again, we got the confirmation that the Alan Wake remaster is coming. Uh, originally, it said October, um, but the tweet that I saw said fall. So maybe not October. This is huge, huge news for me. Alan Wake is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I was actually looking at it the other day because I have it on 360 and it is backwards compatible. Um, I was thinking about playing it again, but now I'll just hold off because I absolutely love that game so much. And a remaster has been something I've wanted for years. So if you haven't played that game, 100% you need to play it. It's a fantastic game. Even if you have played it, though, I mean, this is one that I might actually consider if they do some sort of like collector's edition, I might pick up. Yeah, with I never got to I never played Alan Wake when it first came out, and I am excited for this because I think it would be a good time for me to jump on. Mm hmm. With Alan Wake, there's also a lot of ties here that with a reboot, they're also going to announce like an Alan Wake 2 at some point, which Alan Wake is kind of this cult classic in a lot of ways where it was a really good game. But I don't believe a lot of people ended up playing it. Not at first, I don't think. Yeah. 
Yeah. So hopefully uh, Alan Wake, this remaster, hopefully it just kind of expands on everything that's coming out. And it's kind of nice that like it's supposed to come out this fall and yeah. that means it's got to come out within the next two months. So it's not it's nice to not have to kind of have this suspending wait for like six months for this game. It's going to come out before we even know it here. Yeah, I mean, I think it was the guy head of developer or whatever for Remedy um, who said that it's it's pretty much done. Um, they're just, you know, finishing up some stuff. So I guess it is a possibility that we do get it next month. Um, but that would be a huge, like very quick turnaround. But I'm all for it. So, again, if you have not played it, make sure you do when it comes out. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to try to play it <laughs> next on my list is Sonic's Sonic Colors Ultimate. Jeez, I don't know why that was so hard to say. Uh, launches in an almost unplayable and uh, state on Switch with constant glitches and levels freaking out with colors. Yeah, I saw some clips of this and it looks really bad because if like there are no seizure warnings yeah. uh, for this, but the glitches that like you could get during this game, if you're a person that is susceptible to like e- easily to seizures, like you're going to have them. If you're playing on the switch and like I can't I'd feel bad for a kid that like doesn't know when their parents got them this game and then this happens and everything like that. But it just goes to show that like again uh, Sonic Colors is ultimate. You know it looks nice but it also on the switch does not run very well. Yeah. And it comes out with these glitches and it just sucks that one the switch can't handle it and two they didn't do like better QA testing and stuff like that to, in order to avoid this it just kind of seems like now sonic colors was announced during E3 and then kind of rushed out in order to get it out so yeah cuz this also came out on PS4 and an Xbox right or it is coming yep. out okay yep it almost seems like they just forgot about the switch version maybe <laughs> they definitely didn't test it just some of the videos I've seen. And I was like, man, this is if you would have tested it, you would have seen this stuff, I would think. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's every whenever stuff gets out to like the mass populace and whatnot, it always seems to like, oh, where where were all these issues when we were doing it? And it's like, well, you obviously didn't test it enough. Correct. <laughs> you know, if if you're a person that's like that, I would kind of wait to see what uh what news comes out for Sonic Colors Ultimate and hopefully it ends up getting patched or fixed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My next story is not a story, but I realized that I don't think I've done a rant in a little bit, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I have a rant today and it's about the retro gaming market. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. As someone who has probably way too many retro games. I don't feel like I have a lot, but I have probably more than I should. Um, It's not like I have a stockpile in my basement, but I always like to look and try to find games. Usually I'm looking at like the PS1, PS2, some Sega, some regular Nintendo, that kind of stuff. But the market has been so bad since the pandemic really began. I think everybody was looking for stuff to do and the price of stuff has just shot up tremendously. Um, But I feel like the past, what, six months, it's been just insane. Um, There was a I want to say it was a sealed copy of. uh, Super Mario, maybe the first one that went for like seven thousand dollars or something like that. It's just insane, like for games that are. Very, very common and have been common for a long time, like I don't have it sealed in the box, but I have three copies of that. Um, 
And I'm just, it's being artificially inflated specifically by a particular website. Um, the one doing the grading and it's just, it's really starting to irritate me that something that I've enjoyed doing, like I get a lot of enjoyment out of hunting like Facebook marketplace for people selling their old games. I always used to like to go to Goodwill and kind of rummage through because they would have games kind of hidden in there. Um, but that's all pretty much gone now because everybody is just trying to make a quick buck. And again, since the pandemic began, it's gotten a lot worse with consoles, graphics cards, and now retro gaming. Um, I just need uh, everybody to chill, <laughs> please. Uh, it's getting out of hand and it's like it's coming to the point now where like I don't even think it's a for somebody who's not trying to resell and just collect. It's not a viable option anymore because you just the the prices people want you to pay for games is just not worth it at this moment. It makes you almost want to look at uh, um, not what am I thinking of here? Um, like, like doing a raspberry Pi or something. Yeah. Emulators. Yeah. Yeah. Emulators. Instead of trying to collect them physically, which is a shame. Yeah. I, I do have the same problem and it it's, it's really bad with Nintendo stuff Mm -hmm. and I hate it. Cause like one, like, yes, nobody else is looking for like, for me, I, I would like to have all of the fire emblem games at some point. Okay. But, um, I understand that they don't make, like the old ones anymore. And I feel like the people selling them know that, Oh, this is something that not a lot of people are selling, but if I sell it to the right person, they're willing to pay $300 for it. And it's just like $300 for a $60, like GameCube game. Like I get it. Like it's, it's not manufactured anymore. I'd be willing to pay maybe double like that. But when it's like, when I look at that stuff and I go, it's $300 for just the disc. Yeah. It's just like, the a hobby that I like to do and like we like to do, which is like collecting and having video games is just just become something that unless you're have a lot more money, uh, right. you're you're going to look at this and go, oh, you know, it's not really worth it to have. Um, right. It's not really worth it to have this hobby where you want to collect all your games and you can't buy it because you can't afford it. I can't. You know, one one of these days I will have to eventually pay whatever it is for Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, the most expensive <laughs> Fire Emblem game that I, I don't have. But right. really all I can do is sit there and watch the price skyrocket again. And it just sucks that everybody like is kind of trying to do it to make a deal or make a dime here Yep. where, you know, in the past you used to be able to kind of work through okay would you sell the sell this game to me for this right and they're like you know what you know i paid an okay price for this you'll pay an okay price but now everybody's like i need major profits right on on everything i sell so it becomes really hard to buy i I absolutely agree it is a rough time yeah i mean like two years ago now like right before the pandemic started i was on the hunt for the spyro games on playstation one um and i found at the time, like you could get them for about probably about ten to twenty dollars a piece, which I think is fair. Um, and I found a guy on Facebook Marketplace who had all three. Um, and I literally, you know, when I got to his house, um, it was literally like, "Hey, would you take twenty for all three? And he's like, "Yeah, sure, why not? I don't need them." Like nowadays, they'd be charging like eighty bucks, hundred bucks for all three. It's just insane. Um, I I like to keep like I have a an app on my phone. Um, that I have all my games in and it updates the price. And just like off the top of my head, the one I was looking at the other day, like, you know, Mario Party 2 for the N64. 
I don't I don't have the case. I literally just have the cartridge. That thing in the past year has gone from being worth ten dollars up to forty six now. Just yeah. just the cartridge. Um, and then Mike Tyson's punch out for Nintendo again, like I don't have that case anymore. I, it's long been gone. I just have the the uh, cartridge. It's all the way up to eighty dollars now. And that used to be one you could find at a flea market for like five bucks. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Um, so, again, I don't have like the super expensive stuff. I just what I've been trying to do is just get all the games that I had as a kid back again. And it's just become like literally impossible because I refuse to pay the amount of money that people want for a game that, in my opinion, isn't worth it. I just want it because I remember playing it as a, you know, seven year old kid. Yeah. And as like as kids, we mm-hmm. would trade in our old games because yep. there was no other way to buy it. You mm-hmm. know, you you're seven years old and you want the newest game and your parents would go, you know, get a job. And it's like, yep. well, I can't. So sell your old <laughs> stuff. Yep. And you're kind of forced to part with things that maybe you didn't want to originally. And now that you, now that we're adults and people are adults and have grown up, they go, oh, I want this now. And, you know, it it just costs so much money in order to have this again. Yeah. That kind of thing. So it it's bleh. it's just a big bummer when hobbies get ruined by people trying to resell. And it's not just games. I understand that it's a lot of things right now. But resellers, again, are the worst. Yeah, they just make everything else difficult for yep. us. And not so and I guess kind of to go to go along with maybe a debate that we're having here. Mm-hmm. But suddenly Apex Legends has come under fire for their tracking uh auto aim assist when strafing back and forth. And the Reddit is and maybe we're only talking about this because me and you play like Apex Legends religiously. Right. But uh it is it is really weird to see this kind of stuff just come up out of randomly like, yes, console players have aim assist because mm-hmm. on computer, the amount of control you have over recoil and fire and everything with a mouse is far greater than what it is with a joystick. So a lot of the times that's how you make up for it is uh, like an auto aim. And with the videos that come out of like their aim assist, yeah, it kind of can be egregious a little bit sometimes, but you know, this this is the way gaming is now with everybody wanting to play with everybody. Yep. You know, at, at first it started with, you know, oh, all we want to do is play with our friends no matter what system we have. And now that you're able to do that more so now than ever, everybody's like, well, it's not fair that these yep. people have this and I don't have this. And it's just kind of like, you know, with the games like this, you can really never win, you know, of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apex Legends is trying their best to be as fair as possible when it comes to like console and PC playing together. But, you know, there are absolute advantages that can't be really looked over if yeah. uh, when when you're playing on console versus PC. And if if that's not something you're willing to accept, then, you know, you're maybe you're in into gaming for the wrong reason, because even without the aim assist, I'm just more focused on having fun and playing with my friends. It doesn't need to be this thing where you know okay sorry computer players you don't have aim assist but you guys get this instead or you know the the faster refresh rates or the fact that you can play with your you know field of view sliders more than what console players can so it's it's all over the place but with with apex legends it just kind of opens your eye to how no matter what companies do they can't win when you know uh, cross play is now more optional is now more available than ever before 
and now people are complaining about how it's not fair. So, yeah, um, I'm not going to sit here and say there's not a noticeable aim assist on console because you can tell there have been times where like I've been in the middle of a fight and been like, well, that really pulled my aim over onto this guy. Um, but I will yeah. say that like when I play games with friends who do play on PC and you get put in those PC lobbies, I still get wrecked yeah. by people on PC. I even with aim assist, I still think the advantage is far, far in favor of PC. Um, I don't know. I just seem like like if I I'm not as good with a mouse and keyboard and I'm not great at Apex, but I'm a lot better with a controller than I am mouse and keyboard. So I play on console because that's where I'm better at. But I still think playing on PC is still a better advantage. And the field of view is a big one. Um, I think anytime you're using any type of sniper rifle, the advantage is always going to be mouse and keyboard. Um, it's just when you get close where I think up, you know, like SMGs and assault rifles, that's when I think the favor tends to go towards console. Um, but I think they're doing a pretty good job of trying to make it as fair as possible. Honestly, I don't feel like um, it's unfair one way or the other at the moment. So it's just a lot of people who are always going to complain about it. It's been there since the beginning of console and PC gaming, where people who play on exclusive PC are always going to say it's better. People who play exclusively on console are always going to fight for their console. So I don't think anybody's ever going to be happy. Yeah. But, you know, we we see what happens. Uh, I'm hoping Apex Legends doesn't change anything. I think the game's pretty fair. And I recently started playing, like, Apex Legends on PC because when it's free, I've got friends who wanted to play PC as well. And, like, the league, uh, like, they're they're like two different leagues in a lot of ways (laughs) where... Like PC players, like they hit they hit all of their shots a lot more than on console. And it gets really frustrating when you're getting hit across the map with an RE45 because everybody understands recoil better with a mouse. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I'm getting hit across the map with this thing at this point. So, yeah, you know, it's you know, don't change Apex. <laughs> uh, d- despite what everybody else says, stay the same. Yeah, you got a good thing going. Um, I wanted to jump into a little bit of movie news. Uh, real quick and say that you may not have been 100% on target, but Shang-Chi made a ton of money this weekend. A ton. A lot more than I thought it would. Um, I don't know what the actual numbers are. I saw somewhere around 80 to 85 million this weekend, which is insane. Um, I didn't think we were at the point where a movie would do that kind of money in you know, people are still in pandemic mode and don't want to go out, me being one of them. But, you know, hats off to everybody going out. And again, for Marvel, apparently making a fantastic movie. It has the highest audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of any Marvel movie. That includes Endgame. It's at a 98% with audiences right now. So I am super excited to see it. Um, I almost went this weekend, but I am going to wait until um, after I get back from my vacation and then I'll go check it out for sure. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to check it out like sometime next week uh, mm-hmm. for me as well. Like I, I have to admit, I've I I really do like like a kind of a emptier theater. Yeah. Uh, other yep. than when it's like movie events, but you know, in response to this, Sony went ahead and pushed up their um, release date for Venom two. Yeah. Yep. Two weeks after this movie's been delayed five times, and then now it's been moved up. It 
you know, and, and what they were saying was that, you know, this proves that for the right movie, people will come out and see your movie. So, you know, and with Disney and with this movie in particular, I don't think there was a lot of hype when it came to saying Chi for in first off, like Mm -hmm. this is, this is the start of, you know, the new phase for Marvel and saying Chi, you know, wasn't getting the same hype as, you know, the, the Captain America or the Thor movies. So it's nice to see that it's doing, it's doing as well as it is. It just hopefully now starts the ball rolling for everybody else to go, okay, we can start releasing our movie. You know, for example, James Bond, we're supposed to get that in October and hopefully people come out and see that. Uh, Venom 2, hopefully people come out and see that. Yeah. Spider-Man, I'm not worried about. I've already said my piece with the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah, but- Spider-Man is going to do what we're used to normal time numbers in theaters for sure. Yeah. And I think like Shang-Chi, I think is going to make more money in the coming weeks now from word of mouth, right? Because I've been excited to see this. I know there's a lot of people have been like, "Ah, I'm not that excited to see it just because it's a new Marvel property for a lot of people. But if it's a good movie and it's a good story, once people who have seen it be like, no, you have to see this in theaters. It's going to just continue to just bank in money. Um, the Venom thing, like I had that on my list too. That's another one that could do well. But again, they also came out and at the rating is at PG-13 again, just like the last Venom. And that made me a little less excited for it because when you're doing Carnage, I just I think that needs to be an R-rated movie. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, it is what it is. But hopefully this is the start of movies making money again. Another one that I saw today that kind of threw me off was... uh they put a website up for the matrix, um, which comes out in December or something like yeah. that. Um, with a little teaser. And then the trailer actually comes out tomorrow, Wednesday. So by the time this is up, it'll already be out. Oh, I saw, oh, I saw Thursday, Thursday. The thing yeah. I watched. Okay. Um, I could have saw the wrong thing there. So Thursday. <laughs> so when this is up, you'll be able to watch it. Um, but one thing that I saw on the uh, poster that kind of confused me a little bit was it said in theaters only. And I thought this was, I know for sure it was originally listed as going to be on HBO Max same day. Um, so maybe they decided to change that because of partially how Shang-Chi has been doing. Who knows? Yeah, uh, we have to see how this changes everything when it comes to like, especially with the HBO Max deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even with all of like the lawsuits that came with the Black Widow and yep. uh, what could be coming with Cruella as well with the same day streaming and movie options you know the actors and actresses deserve to get paid regardless and the this just needs to be something to needs to be something that gets figured out you know they the hbo max deal was done because they were afraid that people were not going to go into the theater and they got a large sum of money for it uh to have that hbo could have these movies stream on the day that they go out in theaters and really there's no one else to blame but the executives who were afraid that, you know, their money there or didn't, I guess, trust their movie enough to have it say it's going to make a lot of money. It's kind of the weird thing with Dune as well, where everybody's coming out and go, oh, you know, Dune has to be seen in theaters. Yeah. But, you know, HBO Max is included free with, you know, I think Verizon or even Comcast at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who who's going to go see Dune in a theater and pay that money for it when it's when you're already paying for something and it's available for free on there. Yeah. Like, 
I get uh, I, I get people want to all it is is about making money right now, but they made this deal. Now you have to kind of live with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dune is one that I could see an argument saying you should probably see that in an IMAX, right? Because it is a spectacle. Um, but it's just interesting to me that maybe we see more of these movies that were originally scheduled to be on Disney Plus or HBO Max or any of these other ones kind of be like, ah, we're not going to do that anymore. Now it's just theaters only and we'll see how it does. Because that's kind of a bummer because I was like, I'm super excited for The Matrix and I'll probably end up seeing it in theaters. But I was all about the idea of being able to watch that on my couch at home the day it comes out. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Last news story for me is and it's kind of a, a a stranger one as well, but and it's kind of hard to explain. But streamers from Twitch have been doing a walkout type of uh, thing going on. Popular streamers are like staging a no streaming in order to force Twitch to change its rules of DMCA. And on top of this, Tim, the tat man, one of the biggest Twitch streamers is now moving on to YouTube. Yeah, uh, because of this. So. You know, there's and it was the same thing with, you know, Mixer poaching Ninja and other people for their for Mixer and now Mixer's dead. So they're back on Twitch. Yep. It's just like YouTube has like all of the free money and real estate that it could want. And it's Google. Yep. So, you know, they can pay whoever they want millions of dollars to come to their streaming. And more and more, I see people going to YouTube for uh, their streaming. So. Twitch, I think, really needs to fix their rules or have, you know, better guidelines in order for their streamers to be able to feel like they're safe in this environment. Um, Like with us and the Resident Evil like stuff, we saved that on our channel and now it's gone Yeah. uh, from there. So like it's not something I can get back, unfortunately, especially with like my Resident Evil playthrough. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, Twitch needs to figure out how it's going to do this, because on YouTube, after you stream it, it's it's on there within two to three hours, like in your recorded videos, like there's no chance of it being deleted. Yeah, I just think it's like a stupid option from Twitch to to like have your video just disappear. Like people should be able to watch it on their own free time and be able to and uh, and be able to enjoy it at their own free time. That's why these things exist. That's why DVR exists, because yep. people don't live on everybody else. uh People don't live on everybody else's time clock. So, you know, uh, like for us and Twitch, I really hope they fix it. But if if Twitch ends up not, you know, changing its parameters and, you know, making it so, you know, you feel comfortable and safe from having your Twitch channel, you know, being deleted randomly at some point because of a reason you don't understand. That's something that, you know, they're going to go to YouTube because YouTube has stricter and more clear guidelines on that kind of stuff yeah that's funny because i was thinking about that too i was like man everybody's not everybody but a decent amount of streamers are going to youtube and this could be you know what youtube needs to kind of take over i know twitch just dominates the streaming market but youtube's starting to make a dent in there and for me like the fact that we lost those resident evil streams like that pisses me off because those were great you know yeah they were (laughs) a lot of fun yeah um and the you know Maybe YouTube is the way to go um, for the future. Who knows? I. It's hard to say because both companies aren't the greatest, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, Tim, the tap man leaving was huge. He's huge. Um, and there was other ones, too, that I'm forgetting. But there was like three or four that left this past week to go to YouTube. So it's crazy. 
Yeah, and when you look at YouTube, you know, you've got PewDiePie, Dr. Mm-hmm. Disrespect, Tim the Tatman now. Yep. I'm pretty sure Valkyrie is on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just like they're just growing their roster, what seems like every other couple months with a new big signing in order for them to stream exclusively there. And it's and eventually, you know, uh, people are just going to feel better going to YouTube because everybody already has a Google account. So yep. it's a lot easier to have to do that than have a Twitch account and do everything from there. So uh, I I haven't heard that Twitch kind of went, OK, we'll look at the D. We'll look at the rules and see how we can change it or make it more clear for everybody since streamers kind of did this walkout type thing. And that's not really encouraging for anybody who, you know, was really hoping for uh, change after this. So, yeah, true. you know, companies just make so much money and especially Twitch at this point, And especially with how COVID happened and how everybody was watching everybody else stream, they look at that and go, well, we're making tons of money still, so we don't need to change anything. Yeah, true. That's probably how they look at it. <laughs> but uh, did you have any other news stories this week? Nope. That was it. All right. We're going to go ahead and go to the games, which uh, for me, I really didn't play anything new (laughs) until uh, I loaded up and played the Horizon Zero Dawn uh, update, which I'm really excited to talk about, actually. Let's hear it. Well, what did you end up playing? Um, So I played some Splitgate, right? Splitgate. Yep. Um, And then it's not a rant, but uh, I wanted to, you know, point out there that I have all my older consoles set up since I moved everything down to my basement and I randomly put in these past couple days, uh, NCAA college football, 2008. And I just wanted to take the time and say that I can't wait for a college football game. (laughs) Yeah. Next year. Yeah. But anyway, let me hear about, uh, horizon without the load times. So yeah, (laughs) Horizon Zero Dawn during Gamescom, they went ahead and showed everything about the new additions, and they also said that they're going to release a 60 uh, FPS update for Horizon Zero Dawn for PS5 users. And I'm going to be completely honest, I didn't really know what to expect at all when okay. it came to uh, when it came to this update. But what's really cool is that it actually plays really, really well. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn, like I'm. I'm always surprised with how like the difference between 30 and 60 FPS because it looks like everything is so much smoother now and it looks a lot better Uh, when it comes to load times. I did practice. I I shouldn't say practice. I did like try to fast travel a couple points and the load times aren't non-existent, but they are a lot shorter than what they were. And, you know, we me and you have talked about our struggle when it comes to finishing Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. And last night while playing it and after we record this podcast, I'm going to go back and I'm going to play it again. Uh, maybe like this is what I needed in order for me to um, to like finally play and beat this game because Horizon Zero Dawn is a good game. It's not the problem of it not being good. It's the problem of um, like one. Uh, I'm on my PS5 a lot and mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to see games that I had or have have advantages on the PS5 and the fact that it looks so good. I am, you know, that's why I'm coming back to play this game again. And, uh, and it kind of helps too, that I pre-ordered the $250 (laughs) horizon. So now my brain's like, yeah, you got to finish it now because you know, why else? Yeah. We, 
I, I look forward to it. And and again, if if you have a PS5 and you have Horizon Zero Dawn still or need to get it, you should absolutely uh, download this update and give it a shot again because it it looks really good and the update is well worth it. If I do that, because I do own Horizon, this will be the sixth time that I try to get into this game. You and can it... <laughs> you can save your progress and upload it to PS5. It's okay. the same thing like you can do with uh, Final Fantasy VII. So yeah. just I, a warning. You don't every have time to I every time I jump back in, I always jump in and go, I don't remember how to play this game. Guess I better start over. Yep. <laughs> and then I play it and I get a little bit farther and then I stop again. Um, but you buying the two hundred fifty dollar collector's edition is just like it's blowing my mind because I've never thought of buying a huge collector's edition for an, a sequel to a game that I never finished. <laughs> you know, this is a big brain play by it's me big brain forcing <laughs> is... yourself to get into the series, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> my, my brain is like, crap, you have to play it now. Yeah. You have to beat it. So yeah. now I have now I'm doing it. It is a cool yeah. statue, though, that it comes with. No, yeah, I, I just I, as long as if it's as good quality as it looks in that picture, which is always the problem is the pictures always look better than what the actual quality for it is. Right. I am going to be like so excited for it. Yes. It's a lot of money. I, I know it is. And I, I agree that uh, more collector's editions don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. But so Sony's doing what they know how to do. You know, uh, I, it's the same thing with The Last of Us. Uh, you know, The Last of Us 2, when that came out, had a whole bunch of different collector's editions. And I, w- and I bought the one with the Ellie statue. And I'm very happy I did. Yeah. So uh, ho- hopefully the Horizon thing is just as good. And Horizon Forbidden uh, Forbidden West is also just as good because Horizon Zero Dawn again. I I'm gonna beat it. I don't have a choice anymore. Uh, is 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 a lot of fun. The only thing that I will say is in the beginning, uh, because of all like the graphical stuff going on, like it was kind of stuttering a little bit, which is what I found weird on my PS5. But once you kind of got out of the uh, the whole like young Aloy section, uh, mm-hmm. it played smoothly afterward. Like no cutscene was acting weird after that. So okay, just huh. in case you think it's weird in the beginning, it was weird for me. So just so you know, yeah, I'll have to at least try that because I haven't turned my. Well, I did play the the Call of Duty Alpha, but that was the first time I turned my PlayStation Five on in a couple of weeks. So yeah, it'll give me a reason to do it again. Um, so Splitgate, did you try this at all yet? No, I'm not. not yet. OK, um, for those who don't know, Splitgate is if you took Halo and mixed it with Portal, um, specifically the multiplayer of Halo with Portal. That's literally what Splitgate is. It's Halo multiplayer, except you can shoot a portal and try to sneak up behind people or actually shoot directly through the portal and hit people. Um, the concept I wasn't so sure about, but in practice, it works very, very well. Um they have all the things that I liked from Halo multiplayer. They have shoddy snipers. They have SWAT. Um, they have regular team deathmatch, all of it. Um, the movement is fluid and feels good. The guns are obviously you can't call them the same from the Halo multiplayer, but you have your sniper rifle, your battle rifle, um, your shotguns, all that stuff is there. Um, and it's been a ton, a ton of fun. It's free to play. There is a battle pass, which is kind of, par for the course now with multiplayer games so you don't have to pay anything to get into it um i've been having a ton of fun it's actually making me excited for the halo multiplayer to come out this soon this fall um so yeah if you haven't played it it's on i think 
pretty much every system, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, I believe. Is it free? Is it a free-to-play game? Yeah, it's 100% free. It just has a battle pass. Yeah, so, yeah. So if you want, like, the cosmetics and stuff, it's there for you. But There's no I, reason for me not to try it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's a ton of fun. Um, it just it reminded me why I spent so much time before playing Halo multiplayer. It just kind of dragged me back in. It's the yeah. same thing with Apex and playing Titanfall multiplayer. Um, so a ton of fun. Can't recommend it enough if you like Halo. Cool. And then right. uh, NCAA football, man. Let me tell you something. Even though it's on PS2 and it looks like crap, um, I didn't realize how much I missed college football games. I know we say, like, I want college football, but physically going back and playing it, 2008 was the year that had, like, the uh, become a campus legend mode, um, which was cool. I forgot all about it. You have to juggle, like, every day on your calendar. You can either do practice-related stuff, study, or do, like, a uh, something out in, like, campus to become more famous uh among so the student party body. yes party <laughs> yeah it'll be like rallies and stuff like that or parties um but when you start you get to pick like your major and there's easy medium and hard which determines how much of your time you should spend studying and how much you can't so obviously you get more development points if you do the harder ones which means you can increase your stats faster um but it's such a cool idea that i haven't seen since really um and it just reminded me why i like college football more than Madden. And it made me realize also that like, even if this college football game, which I don't think they're going to do, but even if they just take the Madden engine and just throw all the college teams in it, I feel like that's honestly going to be enough for me that I'm still going to be happy. Um, Because it's just a matter of seeing all the college teams, seeing all the college stadiums, Um, even on PS2, like for us as Penn State fans, how accurate, beaver stadium is on the playstation 2 is insane um it's just insane (laughs) i I will say like i don't think you're wrong with like them dropping what they're doing with madden 22 and just kind of putting it on college college football because you know and it's and it's weird that they introduced the home field advantage type Mm -hmm. thing in madden when like really that stuff should be implemented in college football like yeah as penn state fans the whiteout is home like it is a completely different like yep thing when it comes to like NFL like home field advantage and you know the like the whiteout here and also like how Wisconsin does like full red outs yeah. and other people do like blackouts as well. Yeah, like, like Virginia Tech who does enter Sandman before the game exactly, starts. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like if if they can replicate that at all then yeah, I'm all in mm-hmm. uh for it and Hopefully, like the um, I'm hope I always found like the franchise and be a coach mode, um, in NCAA to be like eons better than what Madden yep. has ever done. Still, yep. So as long as they like don't copy the franchise mode, no matter what you do, NCAA do not copy the franchise mode from right. Madden. Right. Come up with your own thing. <laughs> It'll be so much more worth it. Yep. And I I know I've said it before, but like. The simplest thing that I'm such a sucker for is the make your player take them through one, two or four years of college and then being like, well, now I got to buy Madden because I can just import my player right into Madden. Like it's such a simple thing, but something that got me every single year. So I was like, oh, I have to buy both so that I can just oh, there's my guy with all his college stats moved right over to Madden. It's such a cool thing. Um, And on 
Go and ahead. on top of that, too, something where like, you know, we had games now that like do Mass Effect stuff where games remember your decisions. Yep. If you can remember your decisions and start rivalries between players in college and then when you get drafted, that carries over. Yeah. Into uh, into Madden, you've now fixed be a player mode. Yep. Like that's all you have to do is just have a somewhat of a reasonable storyline where I can have a rivalry with a quarterback from, uh, you know, let's say Ohio State mm-hmm. and we're at each other's throats <laughs> while we're at Mad- while we're at Madden. Mm-hmm. And that would be enough for me to be like, OK, be a player is now good yep. uh, because right now be a player sucks. It's terrible. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, they just. They need to get it fixed and hopefully these two games can work congruently with each other to like make each other yep. better. Uh, and as long as they do that, then maybe Madden will finally start to, you know, do better. And with with NCAA, just make the presentation good as well. Make yeah. uh, like these games make so much ridiculous money. You can you can pay for the ESPN College Game Day stuff. You can have Curb Curb Herb Street, you mm-hmm. know, do highlights or voice games like you could totally do that because you make enough money to do it. It's just a matter of whether or not they're willing to spend. it. Yeah. I mean, put it in context, this game was made in 2007, right? This was the 2007-2008 season on the PlayStation 2. And before every game, I'm still getting the college game day intro with Kirk and Lee and all of them. And Lee Corso is still doing the pick and putting the mascot on his head, right? Like, in yeah. this is from 2007. Like, think of what they can do now um, to make it that much better. It's just it just reminded me how much I love those games and how excited I am for hopefully hopefully I'm going to cross my fingers for next year. Yeah, I think we will see it next year. They just uh, NCAA like they've had time now, like Mm -hmm. even if they don't release it next year, that just means I think like a better game whenever it does release because they're going to have more time to put on it where Madden is always yearly. NCAA has all this time to polish their game before it comes out and inevitably has to be yearly. Yep. Agreed. That's, that's just something they need to think about, you know, being a proper kind of state of mind when you're putting up this, when you're putting up this game and then joining the development cycle. Agreed. And you know, those are the games we played this week. We'll talk about movies. And while none of us saw saying Chi, we did I not. Watched, I watched movies this week. Okay. I watched Vivo. Yep. Uh, Sweet Girl and America, the motion picture. (laughs) All right. So I am all caught up on Ted Lasso. And then I did watch Don't Breathe, too. Don't Breathe. Okay. Yep. Um, I'll I'll talk about some of the movies that that I watched because I know you've watched them already. Mm -hmm. Um, First off, I'll talk about Vivo, which is a Sony animated pictures story about uh, Lin-Manuel's voices, a monkey where his owner dies and his owner, uh, you know, it, it, this happens 10 minutes into the movie. It's not it's a quite spoiler. the dark intro, right? Yeah, I've, <laughs> I I've and I guess because I'm kind of used to Disney things, I'm not used to 10 minutes in someone dying. Right. Uh, and that kind of thing. So the monkey needs to make this trip to Miami in order to deliver a song that his owner wrote to this girl that he loved that he never told he loved. So it's a fun time there. Uh, let's see here. I love I, I like the movie for a couple of reasons. Um, I know people don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, but I don't have a problem with him, really. Uh, he's not really annoying in this movie at mm-hmm. all. I think the little girl is also not that annoying in this movie because every 
every review I heard of this movie is like, oh, Lin-Manuel's annoying and so is this girl. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, and the only person, the, the only people I find like kind of weird are like the Girl Scout cookie like <laughs> troop that are all about saving the animals. And it's like, OK, we get it. Like, you know, these it's never it's never said what their ages are, but these three girls are taking their father's boat out into the middle of Miami, Florida and the Everglades. It's like, come on, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little weird, but uh, I think the I think the movie looks great. The animation is a lot of fun. I do need to say I don't know what Sony Pictures is doing, but they have to keep doing it. Yeah, there are. There are scenes in this movie where and I, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. They kind of go into this weird like 2D, 3D type animation. Uh, like in Vivo, there are these flashback sequences of his owner and the girl he likes dancing. And they do this weird animation that I've just fallen in love with. Every time they do it, I'm like, wow, this looks so freaking good. Yeah. Um, you know, Sony had this deal with uh, Netflix to do these original motion pictures for them. And to me, like Sony just keeps hitting it. Sony keeps uh, the animation pictures just continue to do very well. And I enjoy their movies and Vivo is no different. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was like the greatest thing I've ever seen, but I think it's definitely not bad. The music's good. Yeah, and like the 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 one girl has like this uh, like the one song about you know bounce to the beat of her own drum, and it's like really catchy, like yeah. really badly catchy. Yep. I even said that, and I'm like now my now my head is like <laughs> singing the song again. Lynn um, knows how to make good music. I mean, he's yeah. proven that time and time again. So. Yeah, but um, all movies I watched are available on Netflix. If you if you like animated movies, I think Vivo is really good. I think you should watch it. Yeah, agreed. So tell me about Ted Lasso now that you're <laughs> now that you're caught up all the way. Um, so now that I'm all caught up to the point of where we're at now, um, I will say that I think the second season is just as good as the first season. I think yeah. it started off a little slow, but it, it definitely hit its stride. Um, for those who haven't seen it, I'll try. Like, I don't really want to, like, spoil a lot of things, I guess, even though we normally do. Um, yeah. The name of the coach who was the manager right the equipment manager i'm forgetting his nate. name nate. nate um his turn uh okay <laughs> yeah yeah uh i was never a huge fan of him from the start so i don't think it hit me as hard uh as other people in my house who are quite upset with him and think he's a horrible human being um, oh boy jeez. yeah <laughs> uh it's a definitely a, a sharp turn for him, though, and something that I didn't like. You could see it coming in the past couple episodes where he was kind of like letting everything go to his head a little bit. Uh, but this last episode, man, he really does take a turn for the worse. Um, yeah. And uh, it's an interesting way to go. I think that definitely this season isn't as happy go lucky as the first season was. Right. There's a lot of stuff going on that's pretty deep and dark yeah. in some points, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm excited for, I don't know how many more episodes we have left, but it's such a well-written show um, that it's funny. It's thoughtful and it's just something different. It's, it's so good that I started watching on Netflix. There's um, Sunderland till I die, which is a documentary on the Sunderland football club. I'm going to have to watch that. I yeah, really did that. It has two seasons. It was, for, it's like the 2018 and 2019 season, I guess. But because of Ted Lasso, I saw that on there and I was like, oh, I'll check that out. And it's literally about 
the Sunderland club being regulated because they didn't do well the season before and them trying to get back to the Premier League. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that. So it has sparked my interest in uh, football, if you will. So hats off to Ted Lasso there. There you go. Now you're going to tell me that ne- you're, you're going to come up to me next week. and You're going to be like, dude, did you watch the Sunderland versus Manchester? I mean, I, I'd have to pick a, a a club, right? And I guess like if I'm watching that, maybe Sunderland's the club I pick. But look, you're you're all you're already bad. You're calling <laughs> yep. them clubs. You're know, calling right? it football. Like, right? yeah, you're in. You're, you're, you're <laughs> it's deep pulled me in. <laughs> but uh we we've talked about Ted Lasso on the show like consecutively for, you mm-hmm. know, three straight weeks here. Uh, you people really should watch this show if yes. you haven't. I do understand it's on Apple TV, which is not you know the thing that everybody has. Yeah, but if but... you have like, I think Verizon gives you a year free. I oh, believe. I have no clue. I'm I pretty no sure clue. they do, and I also think like when you buy an iPhone, they give you a year free. So like, I think a lot of people may not realize that they actually have it already. And uh, even if you don't have it, just watch the dart scene. Yeah. The dart scene yep. has so much more power when you've watched the entire like up to that point in the mm-hmm. dart in the dart scene. But like that scene is still like on replay to my head. It's like a lesson that I'm going to take with <laughs> me for like the rest of my life. And TV shows don't do that to me usually. Yeah. But um, that that moment with the dart scene is just it is it is everything that that show is about. And it just I think it acclimates it in such a way that like if you watch that and you connect with it, you're going to love Ted Lasso. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll then talk about Sweet Girl, which mm. is uh, not to be confused with Sweet Tooth uh, <laughs> on on Netflix because yes. I did that last week. Totally different. Yeah. So this movie is with Jason Momoa, and this is kind. Of, it's it's really hard to like talk about this movie. Also, yeah. spoilers. Yeah. Because I feel like it's really hard to talk about it without it. Um, this this movie is about uh you know parents and parents and their daughter. The mother dies due to cancer because the treatment that she was going to be getting gets skyrocketed or pulled off the market because other bigger ownership like companies are buying them out to like try to have it pulled from the market. So that way another company makes more money. It's it's a practice we've actually seen in the real world. I was just surprised to see it in a movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Overall, this movie really confuses me. I'll say that. (laughs) Um, In this movie, you follow Jason Momoa's character uh, like trying to do these and it's they're actually good action sequences i believe yeah um running away from hitmen and figuring out uh how they're going to get back at the people that you know their mother's death you know is responsible for the mother's death uh 20 minutes left in the movie his character is dead (laughs) and uh you're now fall and then you follow the girl for the last 20 minutes and like the only problem I have with this movie is I just don't get why the girl isn't the badass for the entire movie. Yeah. Like they set her up to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the last 20 minutes, she really does shine Yeah, through the, uh, for the last 20 minutes. It's just so odd that, yep. um, it's one thing when a movie like, and I guess they're trying to go with, you know, the daughter's character has like a mental disease or something where, you know, she's seeing her dad and that kind of thing or like delusions of it, I should say, maybe not a mental disease, but there really is no. Mm, how should I say foreshadowing to this? It's just kind of dropped on you mm-hmm. because when the daughter is talking about the dad, 
as far as I noticed, I did not notice any language or like, oh, he was the best I had. He's right. like, it's he's the best I have, like right. assuming that the father is still alive. So uh, I guess I guess in a way I should have seen his death coming uh, because it's kind of ambiguous to the point where it, you know, it fades to black and then you see the daughter and then the father magically arrives. So I thought everything was fine, but apparently it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Sweet Girl's such a such a weird movie. And in an age where we're trying to have more female led heroines in movies, I just don't understand. This was kind of the perfect movie for her to be the uh, the lead girl. Like, I guess really the only option is, is that this is a fairly young actress or girl, but mm-hmm. you could have had it like um, you could have you could have done a longer period of time skip where maybe she's like 18 or early 20s instead of she kind of looks like she's 14 in this movie. So That's Dora. Yeah, she played Dora it, in the Dora movie. And I th- and I know she also plays like one of uh, Enrique's students, I think, in mm-hmm. uh, his Netflix series. Yeah, but I don't know. I- I'm more mixed about this movie just because, like, I wanted to see the girl be a badass and, you know, you got it. But in a really weird, weird way. Yeah, uh, it- I know you said you watched the movie. So. Yeah, I don't think it's particularly great. It was OK. Um, I don't know. It was kind of forgettable for me. Uh, a movie like that where it's like taking it to the big companies, you know, that type of thing. Um, I think for me, the ultimate movie there is John Q, which is like one of my favorite movies of all time, Denzel Washington. So I always try to end up comparing these type of movies to that. And I just think that's done so much better. I don't think it's a horrible movie. I just don't think it's anything spectacular, honestly. I mean, you hit all the points, so I won't redo it, but it's passable to watch, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, So I watched Don't Breathe 2. I also watched the first Don't Breathe way back when, when that came out. Um, the first one was, you know, some people breaking into an old man's home. The old man is blind. Um, so they think it's going to be an easy target to break in and steal things. Turns out he's an ex Marine and he can hear very well. Um, and it's kind of, I mean, the first one was a horror movie, pretty much suspense, I guess, because he traps these kids in his house with him and kind of deals with them. Um, there's a issue also where he has somebody trapped in his basement that these people find it's a very weird movie. Um, but it was, it was entertaining. So the second one, uh, they decided to go a completely different route, I I guess. Um, and now he has a kid that he's raising. Um, and then these people come and try to take the kid and he's fighting them off again. He's blind. So he just has to like rely on, sound for everything um it's very bloody very gory movie but it's such a departure from the first one where the first one was a suspense horror type movie this one is just kind of a straightforward um bloody action movie and he's not a good character right he's like not somebody you should be rooting for there's nobody in this movie you should be rooting for except the kid uh (laughs) so i mean i get that type of movie where like oh everybody's bad in their own way um there is like a major plot turn about right when you think the movie's pretty much done it turns and goes a weird direction um which was interesting but uh i don't know i really liked the first one it was just something different and this one i was like oh we're not 
we're not doing that again. We're going somewhere else. We're going just straight like this guy's blind, but he's still going to kick everybody's ass and all that. So uh, I probably wouldn't recommend it, though. I didn't think it was that great. Yeah, Don't Breathe doesn't seem like my type of movie. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you watched it because I've got no idea what I would have <laughs> done with that one. I do. I do like the premise of like somebody having a like a disability like right. and being able to kind of combat that with like amazing hearing or mm-hmm. like very witty, smart things that he can do. So I, right. I he has like, like in the first one and also in the beginning of the second one, he has every all the steps to his house like memorized like, oh, it's like 10 steps to get to here. Um that kind of stuff. So like, that's yeah. cool. That's very cool to me. That's something that like, if you were blind, you would do. Um, but then you just start getting into like other things and it's just like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last movie on my list is America, the motion picture. Yes. Um, this is a, a comedy. I'm going to yes. say that right now, a comedy and very adult. Historically uh, accurate comedy, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, you have, uh, there it's just a retelling of America and how it was started <laughs> in the most bombastic way possible in the most uh, wrong way possible. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> instead of George Washington, uh, like George Washington's a frat bro. Yep. Samuel Adams is a frat bro. Um, Paul Revere is this weird horse guy. <laughs> um, yeah. and Thomas Edison ends up being, uh, an Asian girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, who just believes in science? Like, I, I in the big this movie started out so strong. I yes. think for me because it was something completely different from from what I from what I thought. You know, George Washington has like weird chainsaw, you know, weird chainsaw wristbands uh, that he uses. Uh, you have like the jokes in here end up getting so played out by the end of it that you're kind of like, okay, let's do something original here. Like, I feel like the beginning and the end of this movie were very strong. Uh, Like, I was finding a way to laugh. I liked all the jokes that they were doing. But in the middle, there's kind of all this very slow, slow, like, okay, how do we start America here? And like it's this George Washington is kind of using all of his time to gather his, you know, Avengers type team of of, you know, super American uh, historical icons is what they are, not superheroes. So uh, like overall, I think this movie is like it, it's all right because the middle is such a slog. But the the jokes they make can sometimes they, like they're hit or miss. They either like they do a one liner and I think it hits. But like there's this ongoing thing about how Paul Revere is the best racist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's not that he's racist. It's just that he's a very good horseback rider. And like, they just keep playing this joke about how he's the best racist. Hey, he's the best racist. And then you have characters like Geronimo and um, a blacksmith who they confuse his name. Uh, So it's, you know, the the jokes are a little bit like played out in a way, but uh, the ending I thought ended up being pretty good with the action sequence and the, uh, and uh, the free bird uh, throwback there <laughs> definitely uh, definitely was worth it. But yeah, the movie's all right. If you're looking for a good laugh, you'll find it at the beginning and the end. You can kind of fast forward the middle if you wanted to. Yeah. I really like the beginning, like the stuff with George Washington and Abraham Lincoln at the beginning, I thought was great. Yeah. Um, the ending's good. But yeah, the middle is just I don't know. Like I was like laughing 
like physically laughing in the beginning and in the middle i was like oh my god i'm bored and then at the end you're like okay that was kind of funny but yeah it does lose you a little bit in the middle um channing tatum is the voice of george washington and i think he does a pretty good job uh i forget who does edison um but anyway such like some of those jokes like you said are fantastic they're hilarious uh kind of reminds you of like it, it almost feels like a family guy right kind of I don't know. Yeah, it's like that yeah, type of animation. Yeah, in a way. And I'm lo- trying to look for Thomas uh, for Thomas Edison's. It's Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 a fine watch. It's on Netflix, too. So like that could be like a Saturday afternoon watch or something. It's just not something I'd ever really watch again. I don't think. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And there's like some there's some like big names mm-hmm. associated with this. Um, Like Sam Adams is played by Jake and uh, Jason Mostakis. Mm-hmm. Uh. Andy Samberg plays Benedict Arnold. Uh, Will Forte is Abe Lincoln. Like these are good like actors as well. Yep. Uh, it's just uh, Bobby Moynihan is the one who plays Paul Revere. So uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of big uh, actresses and actors here for the the setup and everything. And you know I think they do well with all the voice acting. I will say like um, Samuel Adams' character is just so boring. Like yeah. maybe it's because like I am the frat bro. <laughs> uh, and maybe that's why Sam Adams isn't that like uh, spectacular to me. I don't know. They should have done Yingling. Maybe that's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> they, the creator of Yingling should have been there instead of Sam Adams. Maybe then I would have been more inclined to, uh, to like it. But regardless, you'll find some laughs here and the free bird ending is more than fun for me. Uh, yeah. just because, uh, I didn't expect it to go that way. And then they make <laughs> jokes about how you're going to ask for that at every concert, which, Everyone does. So I understand it and it's funny, (laughs) but that's going to be it for the high sensitivity gaming podcast. We thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'll let you know next week is going to be a little bit of a change up as Craig is going to be on vacation. Yep. I won't Uh, be here. uh, I, we will still do the podcast. I'm going to have Craig, Rachel, and I might have some other, uh, some other of my friends come on to kind of talk about it. But this was kind of a good week for, for him. Because uh, next week, I've got a ton of games to talk about with there Tales of Arise, NBA, that kind of thing. Yep. If exactly. you guys are if you guys are interested, uh, please share the podcast with people you know that like gaming and movies. We would really appreciate it. If you're interested in interacting with us, we have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a YouTube channel, which I'm going to have the next two podcasts out in video form very quickly. It just takes a while to edit them because they are long. And I try to make sure that the audio and video all match up and everything that so it does take a little bit of time but um anything else you want to say before you go craig i don't think so all Uh, right see you all in two weeks all right yeah (laughs) and who knows maybe everything will change by then yeah maybe Uh, (laughs) but we'll catch you guys next time see you later later